So hello again and welcome again to First Christian Church and worship with us today. Thank you for uh, spending some time with me, inviting me into your home. I want you to grab a Bible because we're going to read quite a longer passage of Scripture. We're going to read from Psalm chapter 91. So it's right in the middle of the Bible if you'd find that um, while we're kind of getting started here today. As you may know, um, I'm surrounded by a group of very talented staff team members who... Um, do all kinds of things for the church and for me. They keep me in line, sort of offering all kinds of advice and counsel and overall support. And our church is productive as they lead me and you in all of our endeavors. And that means honestly, frankly, if I'm left to my own devices, I'm in trouble. I need their professional guidance on a daily basis. And the present COVID-19 scenario has proven that to me again. I need all the help I can get. For example, and perhaps you're aware of this, Leslie and I have been hosting Wednesday night prayer meetings from our home to your home uh, through Facebook Live for the past few weeks. It's meant to be a source of comfort and kind of worship and prayer. And it's, it's been an interesting time, but it's, one of the issues is it's just Leslie and me in the house. And that means we're not only responsible for both all the programming, but also all the technical aspects as well. And so some 10, 10 days ago, we were, I thought, broadcasting a wonderful moment of prayer and reflection. Leslie was singing, I was reading scripture. We were praying and we'd been doing it for quite some time, like seven and a half minutes. Unaware that when I'd pushed on our camera, the Facebook Live button, I'd also pushed another button that uh, put filters on our faces. And so we were expecting that you were seeing this, like this right here. And there would be some, some conversation of me and Leslie singing and talking, and it was going to be all very well. And you got Leslie kind of just in the moment. But Along the way, we had Leslie's phone was on the side of the piano, and I could see that it kept going off. But in the moment, you really don't want to pay attention to the phone, right? Until seven and a half minutes in, finally, God, Ben got our attention. Our son got our attention and said, you guys need to not be doing this right now because our moments of prayer and reflection have provided all those dealing with COVID-19, not with prayer and reflection, but instead hilarity and silliness that looked like this. Yes, that's what it was. All kinds of things that Facebook was graciously um, providing for us. And we heard from so many people after the event indicating that our mistake brought them this tremendous joy. And so, yes, you're seeing what happened here. <laughs> I can't tell you. I don't know if I'm more embarrassed on the moment it happened or that you're seeing it right now. But it's what happened. It's what happened showing that, hey, I need all the support I can get. And so, yeah, we're going to release a, um, an extended play version of that in the days ahead, all for your viewing pleasure. And uh, here's the point of why I'm telling you this, that if you don't have the correct support, you might find yourself in all sorts of struggle. And that's for the case, not only for the shoes you buy, you need to make certain that your shoes have the right support, but where you work. I need all the technical support and staff support that I can find. But it's not only in case of shoes or staffing, but it's also the case in how we approach 
our spirituality. We need all the support and care that we can get. So I want you to read with me how this is discovered in Psalm chapter 91. This idea of not only staff support, if you will, and not only support for shoes or technical support, but this idea of God's support for us, God's care and protection over our lives in all circumstances. So we're going to read from Psalm chapter 91. Grab your Bible. Maybe you've got it on your, on your cell phone or whatever the case. But, and as we read, make note of um, sort of a conditional statement that the passage starts with. And it says, if this is the case, then this is what's going to happen. For example, Psalm chapter 91 says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, there's the condition. Whoever dwells in the shelter, dwells with the covering and the, the place where God is, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the Almighty. That person is going to say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely, the psalmist goes on to say, He will save you. God will save you from the fowler's snare, from being caught like a... a a bird in a, in a net. Uh, from the deadly pestilence, he'll cover you with his wings, and under his wings, you'll find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You won't fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor something else you don't need to fear, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. You may find that a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. You'll see bad things struck down. If, here's this conditional statement again, if you say, the Lord is my refuge, and if you make the Lord the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. He will, look at what happens in terms of what the resources of heaven. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. Notice again, it says, Verse 1, he who dwells in the shadow, shelter of the Most High, this is the conditional statement. Do this, live here, and what will happen is he will rest, that person will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, when we say dwelling, I want you to be mindful, friends. This dwelling is, far, is about more than just living in a particular house or a particular place. It's an attitude. It's settling in. It's resting in the shadow of God. And it talks about the shadow of God. And what is that shadow? Well, you can think of it this way, like an umbrella shielding you. It's a protection. It's covering. It's a place of rest and relief. We need that. I need that. Surely this week, you've had some moments when you've had questions about how life is going and it's brought, if you will, some anxiety and stress. And you've got questions like, how long is this, how long is this isolation business going to go on? And what's next? I mean, every day it seems like there's new news and it's up and down. What impact is this going to have on my family and friends? What about my kids? How are my kids, whether they be adults or my grandkids? Or what about my grandparents? How are my grandparents responding to this? Or my career? Is my business, is it going to work? My portfolio about things in the future. This isolation that we're experiencing, it's, well, isolation is a heavy word, isn't it? I must tell you, friends, 
I understand isolation a little bit, but I, I have somebody in the house with me. Leslie and I are there together, but I do get concerned about people who live alone, single people. Um, aloneness is difficult in the best of times. If you add mandated isolation, man, it's, doesn't it suddenly feel like a prison sentence? It's solitary confinement, and solitary confinement is a prisoner's worst nightmare. And yet, who are we kidding? Countless people are living life at that, like that at the present, and they're not in a federal or state prison. That's why, just not for people who would find themselves single, but that's why we're focusing on this business of the Psalms of late. How the Psalms call us to dwell in God's presence, to live with his protection. I want to remind you, you that we, we've got a way in which you can experience that. If you'll go out uh, to the website, um, we've got some devotions out there. We've got a reading plan for you. You could go to firstdecator.org, F-I-R-S-T, decator.org, and you'll be able to see that there. But as we're focusing on this Psalms experience, there's some language that I find really helpful. It's in verse 4. Uh, do you see that based on if I dwell in the shelter of the, most of the Most High God, what happens in verse 4? God will cover you with his weathers, pardon me, God will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. Uh, I want you to see an image that uh, displays what's going on there. What you're going to see is a video of a mother hen protecting her chicks from a rainstorm in India. And who are we kidding? It's, it's an ugly scene. Those chicks in the rain, they look, they look despicable and they're drenched and bedraggled. And the hen doesn't look all that thrilled about the idea either. Look at those eyes batting back and forth. But the hen is there offering protection, offering support, saying, hey kids, I got this. That hen, when we read this, that he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll find refuge. That hen, I've got to tell you, is the first scene that comes to my mind when I think about dwelling under God's wings. That when, when all, is, all, of heaven, all of the heavens are in rain, if you will, have broken loose in ways that cause me to be, dra be, to be the bedraggled, that's the image that I come to. But can I tell you, friends, that the uh, people of ancient Israel when they were reading this passage of scripture, in the context of worship particularly, they had a, well, not only the, the view of the hen protecting her chicks, they had a different view as well that we've lost in our contemporary culture. See this idea of God's wings covering somebody? That was well understood in the ancient world. It was a figure of speech that was common in many ancient religions. For example, there was a king in ancient Babylon. His name was Esarhaddon, and he suffered tremendously with um, um, some mental illnesses, as well as just straight, straight physical illnesses. He, he suffered from paranoia and depression. And uh, in many ways, you could say the paranoia was somewhat legitimate. Esarhaddon's brothers had actually murdered their father, Esarhaddon's father and their father, this, the uh, emperor of Babylon had actually been assassinated by Esarhaddon's brothers because they wanted to be named co-kings, uh, co co-emperors, if you will. But Babylon broke out into a civil war with the emperor's assassination. The civil war lasted six weeks, and at the end of six weeks, Esarhaddon was eventually named king. 
But you can imagine his paranoia, right? He must have thought, well, my brothers, they killed our father all in an effort to take the throne. And if they were willing to king, kill him to become king, I'm not even their father. You know, I've got to watch my back at all times. Consequently, he made some decisions about where he lived. His palaces, and he would have these elaborate palaces, but they were heavily fortified, and they were always set up outside major population centers. That way, his security team could see any approaching army from a distance. He, he lived his life distrustful, and that distrust eventually brought um, great paranoia, and included the par including in the paranoia then was this isolation where he was around very few people. I guess you could say he was sort of like <laughs> Leslie and me in our home a few weeks, 10 days ago, uh, when we were trying to do that um, Facebook Live. We didn't have the support we needed, and we ended up with silliness. But Esther Hardin, without the support that he really needed as the emperor, it only brought him further depression and further paranoia. Uh, from time to time, various uh, palace vassals or courtiers, advisors, would try to comfort him and encourage him to all, to no avail whatsoever. Until, to one point, they, they brought the priests of the goddess Ishtar into the palace court, and they said to Esarhaddon, you need to hear what these priests have to say. And, and the, the, the priests are telling you that the goddess raised you under her wings, and thus you should be encouraged and kind of, you know, get, get better but it didn't work. Esarhaddon's reign was marked by his illness and his paranoia. See, here's what was common in that ancient world amongst many religions, this idea that the gods, the pagan gods, uh, would cover their subjects with wings. Hiding under the wings of a pagan god was common language. So when the people of Israel read this, they, they know that language. But for Esarhaddon and the other pagan religions, there was a problem. Ishtar was a dead goddess. There was no protection there. Any false god proclaiming protection or covering and support, well, friends, who are we kidding? That's a, an empty promise. It, it reveals nothing. But for the people of Psalm 91, the people of the God of Israel, for the people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, well, we're following, may I remind you, we're following the only living God of the ages. We have the protection of the God who is alive and interested in humanity's story. You'd say, well, Wayne, how do we know that? Well, we know that God is interested in our story because Jesus came as God in the flesh. History has proven the veracity of Jesus' life on earth. And as scripture reminds us, this is the intent of his arrival, that God's claims of eternal existence of life and his protective care, they're all proven by Jesus at the cross and in an empty tomb. No other false gods ever made that sacrifice. No, no other false god ever died and rose again. And so I would suggest right now, let's take a moment to reflect and remember the impact of Jesus' death on how we experience this covering and protection of God Almighty Let's have communion together. So thanks for participating in communion with us. 
And in light of what we've just remembered together, Jesus' death and his resurrection, his, the, the, his coming that points out that um, we have a living God, a God who provides care and protection and support, and that we dwell, if we, if we dwell in the presence of God, if we dwell where God lives, we get that. What should we do? What, what does it take to get under God's protective care, under his wings? How can we live experiencing that sort of support and encouragement? I mean, how do you live so that you don't have life filters like that people are going to laugh at you like people were laughing at Leslie and me a few days ago? You know, with that video that I showed you. You, you. you don't need that sort of paranoia that makes life almost unsustainable. You go, man, I, I'm looking over my shoulder all the time. How's it going? Well, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, friend, may I remind you straight up, you are covered. You, you fit in the claws because you know who is in charge of your life. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then God is in charge of you. And you can walk through this COVID-19 mess. You can walk through it with great authority. You don't have to panic. You're not doing this alone. I, I heard of an interesting fellow recently, a story in France, who are panicked at a bad moment. Perhaps you saw this news story. Here's what happened. Uh, a 64-year-old guy, he owns a business, and apparently his employees really liked the way he treated them, so they decided they were going to treat him to a once-in-a-lifetime event. They were going to put him, give him a ride in a French fighter jet. However, they didn't know that he was terribly afraid of heights. But he got to the airfield, discovered what they were going to do for him, and he's kind of stuck in this moment where, he, man, I've got to do what they require me to do. So he put, on, he put on the suit, he put on the parachute, he forced himself into the seat behind the pilot, and he's, in, he's there in the co-pilot's seat, and he's, he hung on for dear life as that plane took off. Tragically, though, I guess from those of us looking on, on from, the, from the story after the fact, almost comically, I say that with some tenderness, they got up to about an altitude of 2,500 feet, and then the pilot kicked in the afterburners, and the plane started going straight up in the air. And the fella in the back, the one who was afraid of heights, he started freaking out, flailing, screaming, grabbing for anything that would help him kind of hang on and deal with the panic. Unfortunately, in the midst of his panic, he grabbed the wrong button the ejector button on his seat. The canopy flew off, and the next thing you know, he's out of the plane like a bullet and suspended from a parachute that he's never used before. Here's the good news. He landed safely. Some cuts to his face because his helmet flew off in the midst of it. Some other good news. The pilot managed to land the plane safely, and all was well. But I'm reminded of what we're like at times. I'd like to help you. I'd like to help you to lose the panic. To remind you that as everything is kind of going on all around you and it feel like you've gone straight up in the air and you don't know exactly how to manage all this, God is your refuge and your fortress. And so as your pastor, in, 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 if I could put it this way, I have some spiritual authority in the lives of everyone who call First Christian, if, if you call our church your home. 
And, and, and that authority can, could be wielded in harsh ways. I'm not trying to do that. I, I'm not talking about a bludgeoning tool, no, but in an authority that is invested in me, uh, vested in me, pardon me, by virtue of our agreed relationship of life together, invested in me by the virtue of my calling and what scripture says, then as your pastor and using Psalm 91, I want you to hear how scripture says that God's protection, his care is over you this week. I want you to hear as a statement of my faith for you of how God is supporting you through your willingness to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. You know what you can say? You can say, God is my refuge and my fortress. I trust in him. He will, he will save me from the fowler's snare. You can also be assured that as your pastor, I can say, do not fear any terror that comes in the night. No more laying on your back at night, staring at the ceiling, wondering if COVID-19 is stalking your home or your family. You know, after all, isn't it at night that we worry the most? During the day, we have things to be done, but at night, those worries, they become terrors. But God, I will tell you, it says verse 5, do not fear. You will not fear the terror of night. It also says you are covered by God's wings. Scripture says, do not fear the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. This COVID stuff, it is frightening. It has pushed around the globe in ways that we've not yet fully identified. In other words, its patterns are in the dark as of yet. But may I remind you what Psalm 91 says. If you've got your Bible, pull it out again. Verse 10. That in the midst of where we are, in the midst of the places where we don't, man, where is COVID going to hit next? Remember this. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent or your home. God will command his angels concerning you. And what, you know what they're going to, all of heaven is planning to guard you in all your ways. In other words, for us, there's victory in the midst of this mess. And I'm going to pray that this victory is your experience. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come to you today and we thank you that we can come in the name of Jesus Christ. And as we come in his name, we're acknowledging that we are walking with you through him, through him alone. And that walking is included in this dwelling in the shelter of the Most High. And so we would land with what scripture says that as we dwell in the shelter of you, God, that we will also rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We are people of faith who are going to pray and say, God, you are our refuge and our fortress. You are our God in whom we trust. Lord, I pray that we would indeed trust you today. That in the places where we have these moments of panic and questions, Lord, I pray we wouldn't, we wouldn't fear the pestilence that stalks the night, the, uh, the calamities that come in the darkness, the terrors, God, Instead, we rely on you. Lord, I pray if there's somebody, uh, people participating in worship today who have not yet crossed over the line of faith, they're wondering about how to, how to step into this business of getting in the shelter of God Almighty. I pray, God, that they would understand the reality of Jesus Christ and make a decision to ask for your forgiveness through his work on the cross. Lord, I pray that you would forgive people of sins, that they would come to the place, Lord, where they acknowledge that Jesus Christ is in charge of their lives. And Lord, that this week, 
They'll live under your wings, God, in your shelter. I thank you for your good life within us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. God bless you today.